into the contest. It's Friday, the 27th of August. Welcome to our afternoon sport deep dive. I'm Tim Gilbert. I'm joined by my co-host Shane Lee. And Shane, look, high drama today. High, high drama. It's AFL finals. We're not far from the NRL finals, league finals. And you have a problem at home because everyone's working from home and your bar has been occupied. There's squatters in your bar. Well, I've got a real dilemma, Timmy, because my wife set up her whole office in my bar where I want to watch the football finals. What do I do, mate? I'm struggling here. Yeah, that's a challenge. I'm sure you'll work it out <laughs> as soon as you get to 6 o'clock on a Friday afternoon. Lorraine, let's pick up the desk. Let's move on out. All right, we're going to talk rugby league. We're going to talk AFL. Yeah. Shad Wicker is all across <laughs> these last couple of rounds in the NRL. A good game last night, actually. And former silver medalist John Stephenson joins us today as well. It's Friday. All right, AFL, four pivotal games this weekend, of course, as the final start. Shane, I'm going to get your tip on all of them. But before that, Max Gorn, I know you're a big fan of Max at Melbourne, uh, named skipper of the 2021 All-Australian team last night. On the eve of the finals, the AFL, of course, announced the 22 members of the 2021 All-Australian team. Yep, and um, Max Gorn, well-deserved, particularly after kicking that goal right in the buzzer last weekend against Geelong. Um, A great ruckman, and and all good teams are uh, founded around a really good ruckman. He's the guy that obviously is in in the bounce and uh, touches the ball first and gets the team going in the right direction from ball one. So, yeah, Max Gorn, uh, captain of the 2021 team. Well done, Max Gorn. And his vice-captain, Bonton Pelly, from the Western Bulldogs, who will probably be, I reckon, the um, Brownlow medalist. He's an amazing player too, Bontempelli. I, I love the look of Max Gorn, though. He, mm. he could appear straight in a Western movie, couldn't he, the way that he looks. So, <laughs> yes. all right, let's have a look at these games tonight. Power and Cats tonight. Port Adelaide versus Geelong. Yep, I'm going to go with Geelong um, by seven points. It's going to be a close one there, but I think Geelong, after disappointing loss last weekend, I think they'll bounce back and uh, and just get the chocolates against Port. Swans, your Swans, my Swans against the G. WS Giants and a couple of injuries for the Swans. Yeah, and the boys at Milnes is out, um, which really scares me. He's been fantastic through the midfield, but I've got to go with the Swans by only by 10 points. But this is a really, really tough game for us against the Giants. They seem to have the ability to upset us over the, over the years. and um, But hopefully, it's been such a good season with a new bunch of uh, talent at the Swans. We'll, we'll get there. By 10 points. All right, Demons and Lions, mate. Uh, look, all these games aren't laid down Mazares, are they? No, they're not. Um, I think Melbourne, after a fantastic win with momentum, they'll win by three goals. So I'm going to go 18 to 20 points, Melbourne. All right, Melbourne over the Brisbane Lions. And finally, Western Bulldogs and Bombers. The Bombers, they could really cause some trouble over the next few weeks. No, well, I, I, I don't know. I think the Bulldogs will smash them, actually. I mean, I'm going to go, this will be my biggest blowout. I think the Bulldogs by 30 to 40 here. Oh, well, okay. There you go, There goes. There goes my mm. prediction down the water. But uh, it is footy. We'll, we'll come back Monday and work out exactly how they all go, those four games. Of course, AFL finals time. We're not far from NRL finals, a couple of weeks away. But some pivotal games of rugby league this weekend. There was a good one last night. We got Brisbane comedian and, of course, NRL lover Shad Wicker next. All right, Rugby League, the greatest game of all, or should I say Rugby League, because that's what it's called, NRL. Shad Wicker, he's a Brisbane comedian who knows more about Rugby League than most reporters, I must say. Shad, how are you? 
Mate, I'm not, uh, I'm not too bad. I was a bit nervous about coming on this week because I feel like it is me having to eat my words constantly over the last few weeks. <laughs> um, I was really – I was talking up the South over the Panthers and mm. that did not go too well. And then last night the Titans weren't able to get up either after I was like, they're going to be a contender. Well, I must say I did tip the Knights, and uh, but it was a fantastic match, I thought, a real close one. Good to see that in the NRL this year, which is – there's been a lot of blowouts, um, but Ponga and Pierce combination, I thought, was the difference. Yeah, very brutal. I mean, to Caelan Ponga, if, if the second Brisbane team is seriously looking at trying to sign him in 2023, then I think uh, he is doing it wonders the yeah. way he's been playing lately. I, th- I tell you what, though, the Titans, to your point from last week, to be like the, the defence is really a downfall for them, like with how leaky they can get at times trying to stop the other team. What, like... What's going to be the solution for this side? Like they're, they're looking like they're probably going to miss out now. Mm. Oh, well, they, they probably will. And what a disappointing story last night was for, for the team of uh, the Gold Coast because so much promise. They've got so much talent across the park. Presto's young son. You, you look at the way that the forward pack moved, but they're just at those moments where they needed to make a tackle they didn't. I mean, look, this is a team that's only lost by a point by a field goal. So I can't be too down on them. But uh, look, their coach would be pulling his hair out, the little hair that he's got left. I think he has to because I I mean, we've got to talk about the, the elephant in the room and that's because he's just as big as one. Like, like Fafita, <laughs> Fafita is mm. such a conundrum and a strange, like, story with the Titans. Like, He's, uh, I've read today that he's like, he's about to break the record, the try record for the club. Yeah. Uh, he's got like 15 at the moment. And it's like, it seems impressive, but he's only scored five in the last like six or in the last like 10 games. Mm. He's completely dropped off. And I feel like they're playing him wrong. And I think when I watch Fafita, like even when he was with the Broncos, he's like, you love seeing the highlight reel. You know what I mean? Like he comes out, he goes to the edge, he knocks four players over mm. and he goes into the corner. But like, I feel like if he can't get that immediately, if he can't come out to a game, knock four guys off, if that doesn't happen straight away, he just disappears for the rest of the game. Like he doesn't have that other level of his game like the Tom Lolos that go, all right, I'm not going to fend off 50 blokes and score a try today, but I'll I'll make 120 metres. I'll make the metres up the middle that mm. the team needs. He yeah, doesn't or, go in and do or, that. Or, or Payne Haas for that matter. Yeah, exactly. And it's a, it's a worry for the Titans because you're paying this guy a lot of money to just bring him on with nine minutes to go in the first half. Generally, when you, your your marquee player is in, is inconsistent themselves, the team is just, is inconsistent. So you get that with Fafita all the time. You, you've had that with every team he's ever played with. Yeah, it's it's. I think it's, it's going to be a real hard thing for them at the moment, especially because they're going to be obviously shopping for a half at the end of this year or over the next uh, two seasons. It's going to be like, is this money? Have we done ourselves an Ash Taylor situation as well where we've like hamstrung our money into a player that's not going to give us full 80 minutes? Mm. Well, there's, there's some fascinating games across the whole weekend again uh, with the, the top part of the eight, the bottom part of the eight. This cracker tonight, this Roosters-Rabbitohs game, they hate each other. It's one of the great rivalries in the game, the book of feuds, whatever you want to go with, but it is an absolute rip-snorter. And I, I think from what I'm reading that Suncorp's going to have quite a crowd. Yeah, it's going to be stacked at Suncorp Stadium for this game, and so it should be. I mean, it's like the, one mm. of the greatest rivalries in rugby league. And it's... I love how that with a successful South Sydney, it's made this rivalry even more exciting. Like uh, you've got not only the they top four contenders, and you know if this goes well, like they shouldn't face each other until the prelims, if the if the finals play out the way we think they're going to play, which will be in a very exciting game in itself. But you've also got the battle of the fullbacks. You've got mm. Latrell now playing for South Sydney because he wanted to be a fullback, mm. and you've got Tedesco who is 
if you could bet on sports bet for try assist, geez, you'd make a lot of money. Yeah. James Tedesco. Like he is, he doesn't have to score tries because he'll set everyone else up in that team. It's unbelievable last week. It's funny. I saw Minicello talking about uh, this match yesterday and he said, um, as a Roosters former player and supporter, um, when you play the Rabbitohs, you expect to win. Wow. Yep. Wow. That's crazy because the have won more games. Yes. Yeah. They, they put 60 on them, what, last year? Yeah. <laughs> put a lot of pressure on themselves too, I think. So yeah, it should be good to watch tonight. Yeah, it'll, it'll be a cracking game of football. Do, do you reckon that Wayne, even though he's saying that he's not going to rest Cookie because he's um, he had a captain's run and he's like, leg's fine. Like Wayne's kind of one of those coaches that will say he's going to, yeah, we're going to play full belt, we're going to go fine. But this game doesn't mean too much. Really, South. No, he's more than ha- he's more than happy to bullshit every day of his life, Wayne, and he's he's made an art form of it. But he's been a very successful coach, so uh, like that's why he gets at the media conference and he goes, oh, "Well, don't ask me about what's happening in the future because I'm not going to make any decision until I'm leaving South. I'm going to Brisbane on January uh, 10, and that's that." You know, that, he says it in his own Clint Eastwood way. But uh, what 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 about the the rest of these games, the permutations of the top eight? How is the the Shad? Wicker crystal ball looking at it. Uh, mate, I've, I feel like my crystal ball was shattered over the last few weeks. My predictions have gone. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I think you can guarantee whoever I predict is going to win is probably going to lose. I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll go with the safe bet. I mean, Melbourne's going to win. <laughs> <laughs> Manly will be the Bulldogs. Yeah, Manly. I, I, Manly's an exciting one. I mean, when you've got three players in the in the top five, try scorers for the guy. Yeah. For the comp, I mean that that shows a team that really doesn't mind spreading the ball around and finding the try. I, I, I mean they're not really a dark horse anymore. They were earlier in the year, but Manly's going to cause a lot of havoc, I think, in the finals. And I'll say this because I don't like Manly, so I'm hoping that my my hex will now go on to Manly and they will mm. have a very bad run into the finals. Well, I think you're right. I think that look, the Storm will beat the Eels. Manly will beat the Bulldogs. I think Panthers will beat West Tigers. I think the Warriors will beat the Raiders. There's my I, there's my that, crazy. That's the that's the other close one. I think definitely. I think the Warriors will win, and because I just I just it's hard to have any faith in the Raiders. I mean, it's hard to have faith in the Warriors. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's just hard to have faith, isn't it? <laughs> I'll go to George Michael then. Let's have a $10 bet on that. I'll go Canberra. You go Warriors. But let's finish with a bit of Anthony Milford because he started at Canberra. He's in Brisbane. And um, look, if he played like he did last week, every week for Brisbane, there'd be no talk of him going anywhere. Mate, my favourite part of the news cycle last week was if anyone follows the Brisbane Broncos on Instagram, (laughs) is watching the Broncos Instagram page put up a couple of posts, about three posts talking up the amazing Milford because he won man of the match. And you're like, you're like, what an amazing about face this Instagram has to do where they're like, he's, he's one of the greatest, sort of the best ever. And I, I, I kid you not because they had to put him up as the, uh, it was the McDonald's uh, or whatever it was, man of the match. Hmm. So they gave him a lot of love. You go onto their Instagram page now, the tile's not there. <laughs> not there anymore. It's now Albert Kelly. <laughs> It is, it is the most embarrassing show on on Caxton Street at the moment. It's amazing what like what these guys are trying to. Like, it's just like Xavier Coates also scored like a double in that game as well. Like, they get embarrassed fun. by the guys that they've kicked out of the team. Isn't it funny? But a, a player that's been under pressure now for two seasons, and then getting towards the end of his tenure there, and all of a sudden he starts playing well again. Hey, and is he off to Souths? 
I don't know, Timmy, is he off the south? He's certainly off, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> but but, but I, 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 make, I, I think you, I think you make a, an amazing point there. It's extraordinary how in the final days of someone's tenure anywhere, yep. they start looking like a Broadway act. But look, there's a big weekend at Rugby League. I cannot wait for this South Roosters game, plus many of the other games across the weekend. And, I, and to be honest, I, I'm loving the fact that we're seeing games with full crowds in Toowoomba and other parts of Queensland, which normally don't get it and they are the heartland of the game good on you shad talk next week i'll take you 10 bucks next week warriors over raiders it's on (laughs) thanks shad coming up on afternoon sport former olympic silver medalist the one the only john stephenson john o'brien is a legend of australia's beer industry in 2003 he dreamed of producing a great tasting beer that could be enjoyed by everyone free from the ill effects of mass-produced wheat and barley John began a brewing journey blending unique aromas and flavours offered by ancient grains such as sorghum and millet. He perfected recipes over time which have led to 40 local and international awards, including three gold medals at the Australian International Beer Awards, a gold medal at the Indies and a silver medal at the Beer World Cup. Proudly 100% Aussie-owned, made in Ballarat, O'Brien Beer is Australia's most awarded gluten-free beer and widely available around Australia through major retailers and online at rebellionbrewing.com.au. O'Brien Beer. The beer that loves you back. Well, it's John Day, self-named, self-titled John Day Friday. John Stephenson, former Olympic silver medalist, amongst many other things. How are you, my friend? Hey, Timmy. How, are you doing? how good do you feel when you know it's John Day? And you go, man, he can say those words. It's John Day. Don't you feel good? Yeah, absolutely. It takes me to a whole new level. I can't even find the words to explain it, John. I really can't. But what I can do is ask you the question about Elaine Thompson almost breaking Flo Joe's record. It was a magnificent run at the Prefontaine Classic, which when you're a track and field athlete, this is probably one of the premier one-day meets that you get ready for. It was very famously made by a runner by the name of Steve Prefontaine. It was a distance runner out in Oregon, Mm. Eugene. So that's where the Nike headquarters are. So the 100 metres was built up to be the race of the year, almost Olympic final quality. Well, I reckon it was, um, where Lane Thompson was actually taken on Shakari Richardson, who we saw mm. not compete at the Olympic Games. She, she, she smoked a few too many bongs, didn't she? <laughs> she, she was on the happy stuff. <laughs> and so we didn't see her compete at the Olympic Games. Obviously, she took a suspension for it. So this was built up as where Shakari, you know, she's run the second quickest time, well, I think third quickest time behind Shelly Ann Fraser Price. Um, this year in 100 metres. So it was really built up as, well, well Shikari's camp was saying, well, if she was at Olympic Games, she would have won the gold medal. So um, this was the race to, to settle all bets. And um, we saw Shikari Richardson uh, come last <laughs> in this race, which absolutely shocked me. I thought she'd come be a lot better than that. We saw Elaine uh, Thompson Herrera run 10.54, becoming the, the fastest woman alive and the second fastest woman of all time, just missing out of Flojo's record. But the talking point was definitely Shakari Richardson after she had a few words to say. She's been back at it again on Instagram and Twitter talking about Alison Felix. She's Alison Felix today on the Steve Harvey show. I think she did a, she did a uh, interview and was supporting Shakari, but, um, but Shakari took it as more of a backhanded compliment. So um, it's a definite watch this space. I like Shakari. I think she brings a lot of controversy, a lot of talk. She's, she's one of those old school throwback athletes, man. The Dennis Rodman, the track and field. Yeah, yeah, she loves a joint. I mean, there's so many lines that she went up in smoke. Like, uh, um, she she is gobby, isn't she? She's lippy. One of the things is you want to be winning if you if you if you're putting it out there. Well, yeah, I, I, as Australians, we always say that. Oh, you want to be, but got to remember, she's the sixth fastest female of all time. 
she missed the Olympic Games. She had a long season. Um, she believes in herself and she's out here bringing more attention to the sport. She'll be back mm. next year. You'll see. She'll be giving them hell yeah. next year. But I don't know. I like Estelle. I, 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 I sort of hate when people say you got to got to back it up. She, she At one point in time, she's looking as a gold medal favorite this year. You know, she just got exposed in this race. And it was one race, but she'll be back, and I think she'll she'll give him hell. Did you get the munchies after the race, John? <laughs> well, she was definitely dry mouth. You know what I mean? <laughs> anyway, let's roll it down the road a bit, change subjects. What about – this is an interesting one because during the Olympic Games, and I, I watched it, and I thought, this is a bit odd. Those two Namibian runners – now, there was dramas with testosterone levels in the system, two female runners. Now, they could run in some races, but not the others. How does that work? Oh, this has got me stumped, Tim, and, I, and I'm, I'm involved in the sport. I just don't get it. They're both 18-year-old girls from Namibia. One of them ran a phenomenal time in a final of 48 seconds, I think 48 and a half seconds. Now, to put that, give people understanding, Kathy Freeman won the Sydney Olympics in 49.2 seconds. So that's how fast these girls are going in the 400. The Idaho came out because it's what we call the Casa Semenya ruling, where Casa mm. Semenya had high testosterone. And they came up with a level, if you run the 800 or 400 distance events, the testosterone needs to be at a certain level. These girls didn't meet that testosterone level, but they were allowed to run in the 200. And, and one of the girls actually, their name's M. Bomber, got, I think, the silver or bronze medal in the 200 at the Olympic Games. This doesn't make any sense. So very, very weird. Both girls phenomenally talented. But I think, that's, again, this is definitely watch this space. I think more will come out about this. Um, mm. But it's just a shame because, unfortunately, these girls run very, very well. Um, and because their testosterone levels are high, we automatically almost make them guilty before they're proven innocent because drugs is always involved in this elite level sport in some way, some form. So it's a bit disappointing. Hopefully the truth prevails and, and we get to see these ladies' true potential. Now, Manny Pacquiao came back after a two-year layoff, got beaten. I just wonder, John, some boxers or lots of boxers just keep going too long. Uh, yeah. Look, I thought Manny fought well. I, I think... Ugas just fought better. I think Ugas was always going to be the stronger fighter. I don't think Manny Pacquiao had the power to really sting him, which then put advantage to Ugas. He could sort of stand his ground a bit more against uh, Manny. We've got to remember, Manny started in some of the lightest weights um, when he started boxing. He worked his way up all the way up to, to light, welterweight and higher when he fought Oscar De La Hoya and co. Mm. Uh, it was a funny one. I, don't th- I think Pacquiao, styles make fights, right, in boxing. I think Pacquiao fights another athlete. He performs better, but just against Ugas, Ugas is just better than him. Yeah, okay. Now, now, what about the SAS? Oh, I'm, I'm excited about watching my man Johnny Steph in SAS. It's coming up in just a, a week or two. But I'm sitting there watching with the kids, and I'm waiting for John's backstory and, uh, you know, you whinging and all that kind of thing. But you're not coming up. I'm getting Sam Burgess's yarn. I'm getting all the runners, Alicia Mollick, Bryn Edelston. Where's Johnny Steph in the ads? Oh, I don't know, mate. I don't know. They obviously haven't recognised how important John Day is. So I just, oh. I don't know what's going on, mate. I, I'm still trying to figure it out. Hopefully, they actually air me in the show. Maybe they've cut me out. Maybe I was too much of a cold-blooded killer. They've cut your boy out. I don't know. Oh no, I've seen some. I've seen some cameos. You know, did they just go across the sort little of... snippets? Yeah, little yeah. snippets. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, man. Maybe, maybe they're saving the big guns for like when the show's mm. on. That's what I'm, I'm hoping. I'm hoping. Yeah. Well, I mean, if I was doing it, I'd be having you in every episode with your six pack out and all your all your gobby lines. You'd oh, you'd be all over it like a cheap suit if I was involved. But I'm not. But I'm involved in afternoon sport, and it's always a treat on John Day to have a chat. Thank you, Johnny. Love it, boys. Take care. 
That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. A big thank you to Shad Wicker and to John Stephenson. And thank you to our sponsors. Yeah, www.xblades.com.au. And, of course, our wonderful producer, Mr Dan McHugh. We'll be back Monday for your daily dose of sport. Have a great weekend, guys. Take care.